He's working for the president, he's working for our country. Alien life, uh, like pedophile, uh, you know, and it just seeks to tie all of that together. Welcome to the 10th episode of QAnon Anonymous. I'm your host, Jake And I'm your co-host, Julian And this week we're sitting with Jordan Yule, journalist, activist, writer, and host of the Rust Belt to Beltway podcast, a political podcast that focuses on the grassroots instead of all the coastal punditry. Yes, another fantastic <laughs> podcast where uh, where the hosts know more probably than Julian and myself. It's about belts. <laughs> it's just reviews of different belts. Mm-hmm. Um, different fashion accessories, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> belt buckles. It's a Texas-based podcast. <laughs> Welcome. So excited to have you as a guest. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. Of course. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I actually have prepared a little bit of a fun time for us today. I want to kick the podcast off with a bit of a cruise into uh, a political party that I've discovered recently called the Compassion Party. Now, oh, boy. The Compassion Party is obviously an independent party. Their names are Reverend Alan Gordon, who is running for attorney general, and Ann Armstrong, who is running for governor of Rhode Island. And I'm looking at a picture of him, and he looks like... I mean, I mean, can you hold that up to the to the camera, Julian, so Jordan can see? I mean, he literally looks like a young, uh, hip Ooh. version of Lurch he from looks, uh, the Adams family. <laughs> he looks so stoned. <laughs> it's like if Andy Dick had fetal alcohol syndrome and was also yeah. like malnourished. Yes, yes. It is. Damn, that's oddly specific and right on. <laughs> so these these people are amazing because they're a mix of things. They got on my radar because they are Q believers running for government, which is hell know, yeah. I think a sign of our future. Yeah, yeah, a true sign of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're so close, right? Why not take that little extra step? So if you're in Rhode Island, get ready to vote for the Compassion Party. Now, the Compassion Party has a lot of internal contradictions. Uh, for example, they are anti-abortion, but pro-legalization of marijuana. At first, I was like, <laughs> oh, they like marijuana. Like, they seem like aging mm-hmm. stoners, maybe live in Venice Beach. But then what they did was NBC10 in their, in their, on the, like their local channel basically sent out a questionnaire. It's just a standard-ass questionnaire. You get to answer whatever you want, and they've clear, very clearly typed in the answers themselves, and it was published uh, with no corrections, so there's a lot of misspellings and stuff, but the answers are magnificent. I'll start with Mr. Reverend Alan Gordon, and we will end with Ann Armstrong, who is also just fantastic. So this is some kind of boilerplate questions, like what's the biggest issue facing the state? They both are running on something quite noble, which is the end of the opioid crisis. Of course, their solution to the opioid crisis, as well as all economic uh, crises, is what they call regenerative financing, which both of them are spelling different, but they clearly are getting ready to trademark it. So, okay, so under what circumstances, this is question five, under what circumstances would you support the legalization of marijuana for recreational use in Rhode Island? Now, he just starts his response with all caps in brackets. Just all caps in brackets. Please note that two states no longer use the word for cannabis owing to past racism associated with the word's introduction into mainstream U.S. English. Because it is actually a backwards pronunciation of an ancient Hebrew blessing still used by many elderly Jews, the M word for cannabis is actually a curse to me as well. (laughs) Oh my God. As well. So as a matter of politeness, I'm going to ask your station to use the neutral term cannabis like the state of Hawaii. Now that's the end of his brackets. That's not even his answer. (laughs) So, okay, he goes on. During the opiate crisis, when cannabis could have been helping addicts wean off, my opponent, as U.S. attorney, let a half-billion-dollar pill deal go without a single criminal indictment while he also imprisoned one cannabis church's leader. Wait, cannabis church? Yeah, that's that's your kind of church. (laughs) Yeah, tell me more. (laughs) Then fought 
another for two years in court with twisted priorities. Cannabis must never be the subject of recreational sin taxes because it is known to enhance neurological placebism via its action on nerve receptors and so will cause users to sin and then the state is promoting sin. I mean, it sounds like straight out of the Scientology pamphlet. That tracks. Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Nobody should ever go to jail simply for this plant. Totally agree. And as it turns out, the original U.S. band's author, Harry Anslinger, a notorious racist, left a written confession in his archives, which I found and published, indicating that he was a Nazi German agent. Man, I can't even follow. I can't even follow this dude's <laughs> this is, logic this behind is this. This dude's like response to boilerplate, like, what are your policies it's it's almost as if he's he's working extra hard to oh, yeah. to let everybody know that he himself is not racist but at the same time like yeah. also kinds of kind of comes off as like a little anti-semitic too <laughs> uh this is my favorite what has drawn you to public service the need to stop the child trafficking cover-up crisis in Rhode Island. Nothing Hell could be yeah. more important and then he has no period it just ends I wish I wish after it he had written where we go one we go all his responses are basically weird Twitter. Like he just doesn't yeah. even end them with a period. It's weird. It's weird three, Twitter. Three you have to be in the mind of a public Q supporter, <laughs> like myself. Obviously, I love Q. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah, that's why we're here. We're all here because we are believers in Q, and I believe Rhode Island is about to be the center of a lot of fantastic <laughs> government if, activity. What if Rhode Island became like the center of like the Q, like the exposing like the human trafficking like orgs and shit, <laughs> and like these two senators who who will spend an hour you know making fun of like actually like led the charge and like saved the children? What is the best advice you have ever gotten? And his answer is just the Ten Commandments. <laughs> those, are, those are given to him interesting it's just so straightforward top item on your bucket list my life has been so rewarding and bountiful so far i would donate the pick to someone in true need so oh, nice. I, I think he's confusing bucket list with make a wish like he thinks he's, he's like no I, w I would totally not take the wish and he was like i would i would give up my end of life dreams uh if somebody i mean it, you know I, it's that's noble and then right at the end, this is, these are the bonus questions. They're not even, they don't even have to answer them. He chose to answer these. What question do you wish someone would ask you and what would your answer be? I wish someone would ask me what legal options there are to move Planned Parenthood to a new location so it won't be nestled between Providence's two largest churches. <laughs> a new location on the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even like getting it out of like Rhode Island. It's just like... Yeah. Wherever that is on that street, that's a very hyper-local yeah. issue. No, you know, it's very much like his down the... It's like between the two largest churches and two largest high schools, or in parentheses, as the Bible calls it, the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong. Weird. <laughs> yeah, w w women getting health care. That's a, that's a very serious issue. <laughs> he's like, there are a lot of stray cats. I don't know why I'm giving him this voice, but he's like, there's lots of stray cats in that alley, and if you moved it... If you moved it into the ocean, uh, I think it would really clean up that block. The law of the U.S. and Rhode Island firmly permit the black genocide of abortion. But even for abortionists, that location is over the top, out of what? bounds, and has to go. Just, wow. just, just What? Just puts in just the last question. By the way, the question is just what question do you wish someone would ask you? Like he fucking. How do like, you I wish somebody would ask me how we could abolish this biblical this biblical stain that's that's causing the black genocide. Like, damn, dude. Like, bonus. It's an it's an EC question. You know, extra credit. If that shit was on your like high school exam or whatever, that's where you go. Like, I like cats, and that 
and that's it. And, uh, well, speaking of I like cats, <laughs> Anne Armstrong opens up with a much more direct approach. The first question, what differentiates you from your opponents? I'm very tall. I have good hair. My IQ is probably higher than the sum of any two of my opponents, and I'm not submissive to anyone. Now, that's a great answer. That's Trumpian. Yeah, that's very yeah. Trumpian. She doesn't take shit. No, hair's good, smart, best words. Tall, double IQ. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, let's say her opponent's IQ was 80, which is relatively low-ish, is it not? Isn't 70 that, on the lower end of I the spectrum? If, you, if, they, if they have an IQ of 80, they might be um, mentally challenged, no? Okay, so, but if you double those two... 160. It leaves you 160, which is like un, untracked, like genius level, like Albert Einstein level of <laughs> yeah. uh, IQ, is it not? Yeah, no, she's, she's, she's saying I'm a tall genius. I believe her. Jordan? <laughs> I have no reason to doubt her. <laughs> Ann Armstrong, also, if you go to her Facebook page, she finished a debate and then photoshopped herself in a USA bikini. Tight. Standing above her opponents, which she photoshopped to look stupid or whatever. Really amazingly bad photoshop and it just says i won the debate oh hell yeah that's cool <laughs> you, that's really cool. yeah there's nothing like winning a debate <laughs> and then photoshopping yourself in a bikini over your opponent that i won it this is like excessive <laughs> celebration man i think that this that goes a little too far but. i think that they're just people who love marijuana i think for years they were the kind of like granola ish resistor kind of people and the problem with some of the the pothead um that generation is that they're like kind of into aliens and so they're like one step away from getting like Q red pilled. Mm -hmm. So just one bad choice online and then <laughs> they wake up and they're they're like this instead of like just someone who's fighting for weed uh, legalization. Yeah. I think they must be born again too. Like their their Christianity does not seem like it's been a whole life kind of thing, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, when you say like the best advice that you've ever given, that you've ever been given is the Ten Commandments. That sounds like a piece of advice that you got late in life, you know. She uh, with within by the end of her second question, which is pretty boilerplate, she she mentions children being debauched and their future corrupted. So she's heading towards the direction I think we all know she's going to be mm -hmm. at. Um, her answer to the gun laws, both of their answers to the gun laws, is that people should have guns and it's fine. Also, he had a really long answer where he was like, yes, I've been arrested many times and cops have beat the shit out of me, but uh, I've changed my mind about cops. Now I love cops. Like, <laughs> it's this really long paragraph where he d goes from, and he d then he gives people advice like, when you're being arrested, like, don't try to resist. Just, you know. Yeah, I think, the, I think their, their main problem with their, with, their, with their policy is that you can't be Q and then another thing. You're either all in on Q or yeah. or you're or you're with sort of everybody else. So her comment on the ownership of weapons is that we're wasting our time on these red herrings and we should instead put energy into educating parents that if they allow their kids to play first person shooter video games, it's very likely that one or two of these kids will be susceptible to the reward system on the game and someday act it out. Yeah, that's why I've been calling in like tactical nukes on all of my friends. <laughs> I played Call of Duty yeah. growing up and I go on rampages frequently. <laughs> She's right. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I jumped on my wife last week and she didn't become a coin, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so under what circumstances would you support the legalization of marijuana for recreational use in Rhode Island? Now, guess what her response is? I'm going to ask you to refrain from the use of that racist word, which <laughs> those of my race and faith find offensive in extremists. Oh, no. I don't know what her race is. Wait, those of my race and faith? I don't know what her race is. But then she goes on to talk about holy chrism oils. 
uh, the sacrament of anointing of the sick. The blood of the child. <laughs> now, this one's fucking amazing. Is the minimum wage in Rhode Island too high, too low, or just right? If not just right, what should it be? Fucking straightforward, right? Her answer. Pope Leo XIII wrote an encyclical called Rerum Novarum, in which he described two concept of a just wage. The notion that humans should be forced to sell all their productive hours for less money than they can live on is disgraceful. Fuck yeah. And then, fortunately, my regenerative funding model will restore such abundance to all that the concept of minimum wage will become obsolete. Uh, what national issue or controversy do you believe resonates most deeply in Rhode Island? The child sex trafficking rings that President Trump has been breaking up has a nexus of activity in Rhode Island. Missing children, abuse, and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's almost sad, to be honest. Until all those child trafficking rings get exposed mm -hmm. and then... Oh, and then is... she's vindicated. <laughs> what about this? 10. What is an example of a policy or issue you've changed your view on in the last 20 years? I used to think cannabis was dangerous and yell at my kids when I caught them with it. Then I saw it cure cancer. Yeah. And that's it. Just, I love seeing marijuana cure cancer. Uh, who is your political hero and why? And this is a classic Q hero. John F. Kennedy. Right? Hell yeah. Killed by the deep state before his time. <laughs> the yep. ultimate martyr. Yeah, he is. He is. It works that he's a Democrat only because they're convinced the deep state murdered him. Right. What is the best advice you have ever gotten? <laughs> Pushing works better if you put your chin on your chest and round your shoulders. This when I was delivering my fourth child. So Whoa. So just... Like, what a tw what a twist! That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I have to say that's ballsy, dude. Yeah. If she had a sense of humor, like in the rest of her shit, it, I would be like, "This is masterful." Yeah, it's almost when I'm listening to when I'm listening to you read this shit. It's almost like there's a half of a percentage of like yeah. th that I'm like, "Oh man, the, they're almost they're yeah. almost a full percent of good." So we're almost done with her. She has, of course, a son, and she loves her son very much. The last music concert you saw. My son Thomas performing Vianovsky Violin Concerto 222. Oh, that's disappointing. Is, <laughs> I was I like know. hoping for that something was really weird. But then she goes on, what sports teams do you cheer the loudest for? And then she talks about uh, pro UT slash EWG football. Because my son Thomas, the violin prodigy, is starting offensive and defensive line. So please pray that his hands and head stay safe and yeah, protected. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? That's the dumbest parental move ever. Like, my parents would have been like, one or the other, dude. You can you can get the shit beat out of you in football, or you can be a violin mastermind. Like, uh, you choose. Just, uh, this man whose hands are very fragile, he's very, very good at the violin. We are, anyways, we're sending him <laughs> into <laughs> career in football. Wait, what, posi what position did he play? It just says offensive and defensive line. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I don't know yeah, anything yeah. about So he's this. like, he's literally in the trenches. Like what, like that's where you're going to like, <laughs> fingers are going to get caught in the jerseys. You're going to break your fingers. You're going to yeah. like break your wrist, sprain your wrist. Yeah. That, that's a good idea. Awesome. That's cool. I mean, you well. know what though? It It's kind of in line with their entire life philosophy is believing in two things that are completely incompatible with one yeah, another. Just, so wait, so you're saying... An offensive and defensive line is probably a, a large adult son, right? Yeah, yeah. You got to be, you got to <laughs> okay. be big for that. Yeah. You got to be a thick boy. <laughs> uh, and then finally, she answers. This is a fantastic final question. What question do you wish someone would ask you, and what would you, your answer be? How do you plan to solve the fossil fuel crisis? The Rhode Island State House dome is made of 
piezoelectric Georgia marble, and the architect who designed it, Stanford White, was Nikolai Tesla's close friend. The two of them were working on a sustainable energy dome called Wardenclyffe Tower at the same time our state house was being built. I have evidence that the <laughs> RI state house dome is a free energy dome and that it can be possible to figure out how to turn it on. Oh my God. I'm trained as an electrical engineer and I used to design torpedoes for Raytheon. I know a transducer when I see one. Oh, oh my so, God. So That's got to be their campaign slogan. Yeah. I know a transducer <laughs> when I see one. That would fucking, that would, are you kidding? Man, I'd run out to the polls. I wouldn't care about anything else. I'd be like, transducer? That's a, that's a word that I've never heard before, and I love it. What does it mean? What's transducer, Jordan? Help oh, us. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, mar- I'm marveling at these two candidates. This is the kind of like bold leadership that the Dems really need. I, I really hope that like we we groom them into being our, our, our 2020 ticket. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, when I read both of these, I was like, Ocasio-Cortez <laughs> doesn't know what she's talking yeah. about, whereas these people have answers for the fossil fuel crisis. I'd never heard her say that the minimum wage is going to go obsolete under her great policies. So, <laughs> yeah, your turn uh, yeah, Alexandria. Yeah, lead, lead our people to a magic dome of endless <laughs> energy. <laughs> Ocasio never made torpedoes for Raytheon, and you kind of no. have to question like, what kind of praxis is that? Yeah. Um, and th- to me, that's very problematic that she never she never did that. I, I until you've uh, you know hand built a torpedo for a giant arms uh, dealer, I don't think you've really lived, and you shouldn't access power. Absolutely not. Yeah, you must have at least one weapon of of destruction under your belt. So, but I just, I marvel at the history of these people, the hyper-religiosity, the pro-marijuana stuff, and then the combination of, like, anti-abortion, but then also they believe in, like, energy shit and the pedophile rings that Trump is shutting down. Well, I mean, it's it's all, it's, I mean, it, it's no, like, surprise why they like Q so much, because if, when you go in, when you go into, you know, depth on all of the different threads of the Q mm-hmm. conspiracy, oftentimes it, it's shit that doesn't seem like it should link together, and yet they found a way to make it. It feels very, you know, it just feels very disconnected from reality. So, Jordan, uh, one of the reasons uh, why you're on the podcast is because you raised over $40,000 for a man named Anthony Torres. He was recorded shaving on a commuter train, and he later told the Associated Press, my life is all screwed up. That's the reason I was shaving on the train. So where did you find out about this video first? Uh, I saw the original tweet, like I think the day that it was posted, uh, and the guys, the cat, the guy captioned it something like, uh, "Yay, like New Jersey Transit, baby!" Kind of like that, that Guido, like I'm walking here type of mm-hmm. voice. Right. And I saw it, and I like at first I thought like, "Oh, this is funny," and then it was just like it felt really, really off. Like nobody, mm-hmm. like I, I don't like to shave. Like I don't want to shave in public. You know, I just I barely like to shave at home. So it's like this something is not like he's either running late, like he's struggling or something like what his day is not going well. So I did, like, didn't do anything with it. And then a couple of days later, I saw the article that you just referenced. Right. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what like what kind of numbers that that tweet did. And I went back and saw that that guy had replied to his own tweet with like for licensing inquiries, like contact this thing. Are you? So he was like, yeah, he was like literally trying to selling this. Yeah, he was trying to profit off of like his video making fun of a homeless guy. And it just like that pissed me off. Yep. Damn, dude. (laughs) Fuck. I mean, if you look at that video and you don't think, oh, we live in a country where most people are, you know, living 
check to check if they even have a home. And you've got some fucking transducer putting his phone <laughs> on it, you know, putting his phone on yeah. this as if it's an inconvenience to him. Um, and so did, ha, how did they identify uh, the man as Anthony Torres and how did you follow from there? So the AP story, they identified him. So I like I had his name in a DM group. I was just like, do you think we could like raise money for this guy? Because I'm always I've done fundraising on Twitter before and it's kind of hit and miss. Um, sometimes people are more willing to give depending on the cause. You never know. And I like was quickly reminded that other GoFundMes recently had been scams and presenting themselves as to benefit a homeless person. I tracked down that reporter and was like, do you have his contact information? Like, I want to set this up for him. And I did it anyway. I set the GoFundMe up anyway without like, knowing if he would receive it or if I can get in contact with him with like mm -hmm. the alternate plan being at least it can go. We could use this as an opportunity to inspire people to give and then just give it to a facility or shelter yep. in his area that helps people. Totally. Yeah. So at least we could like, we could help somebody. This situation. Yeah, yeah. Even by proxy, you know, you, mm -hmm. you find his yeah. area. Yeah, totally. So we, we did. Um, I, I started the GoFundMe and also reached out to the reporter. And at the same time, basically someone from his family had seen the GoFundMe and she gave me the phone number and the phone numbers matched. So I knew it was like definitely right. that person reaching out and gave him a call, got a hold of his brother and was basically like, at that point, within a day, I had like 10,000. I was like, I've got this money Holy for you. Holy shit, yeah. dude. That's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was unexpected. Were you surprised by how quickly it took off? I mean, in the end, now there's over 1,600 people donated. Yeah. Um, I, I set the goal originally, I think, for 5,000. Yeah. And then maybe moved it to like 10 pretty quickly. Um, and then just kept like bumping it up like here and there just to con and continue to inspire people to give as it grew and as it got more and more publicity. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured to ride it out as much as we can because that just like gets him stable, right? It's one thing just to get him. They the, I just framed it originally as getting back on his feet. But like even 10,000, like it looks like a good amount. We would all accept it. But like yeah. that's not a lot. Like no. in the long term, that's not going to solve his problems. So like now he can actually buy a trailer right so we actually got him to a point of stability which was the goal nice do you think and this is a serious question do you think that this campaign people responded to it so well because the guy who took the original video was such a piece of shit <laughs> like, like do you think that somebody because yeah. because uh, dude i've seen the same thing i've seen a lot of campaigns go up people are really trying to you know raise awareness and help for people in need homeless people and um like you said like they're hit or miss you know it's certain campaigns tend to go viral uh, more than other ones and i'm just curious if people like looked into their hearts and they were like not only is this guy having a shitty day like when you have to do any of your bathroom duties in a public place no matter what it's, oh yeah it, you're having a shitty day yep mm -hmm. and they look at this fucking, you know, the guy doing, hey, fucking, wow, shave it, shave it a face over here. Like, and they were like, man, to top it all off, like, you've got this guy being like, hey, licensing, licensing questions and, and restrictions, <laughs> email Tony Big Time at, you know, AOL.com. That does kind of feel like the level we've reached, though, this grotesque, uh, constant spectacle where, you know, everything is just exploitation and like mirrored captures of people pointing things at things. I mean, it's just, I, I always think, like, how do we get here? But then I'll, I'm also thinking, if this guy had never videotaped Anthony, you would have mm. never found out, and he wouldn't, you know, yeah. have this kind of um, chance to to get stable, you know? So maybe he's a hero, and you're you're a bad guy? I, I don't know. I'm trying to I figure it out. that's it. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm the villain here. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be... <laughs> 
taking a break. You, capitali- from- you oh, capitalized oh, okay. on uh, Tony, on Tony Goodboy's <laughs> video. You know, he, he was going to get a ton of licensing deals, and you kind of just yanked the carpet out from you, under you, him. You gotta, you know, okay. Let me explain how skits work. You gotta pick a different name for your second character. Okay, you can't just get Tony if the first guy's name is Anthony. We're we're not in a good place now. Yeah. Well, actually, every Italian guy in New York is named, so, <laughs> so he's, he's just being true to form. Have you met with Anthony in person? No, we talk on the phone uh, a lot. Right now, I, I mean, so he has been calling me a lot lately, and I have not been answering his calls because he's trying to give me part of the GoFundMe. And I think this reflects, and I say this not because, like, oh, look, I'm turning down this money, but, look, I think it reflects the attitude yeah. and the mindset of people who are less fortunate that gets like ignored and never acknowledged in discussions about economic inequality. Yeah. This guy had nothing, no home, no job, no income. He's on disability. He gets this lump sum of money, and his first thing he wants to do is help the person who helped him back. It's just like yeah. it's just these people they're not like the, these monsters, these these no. craven beasts that society makes them out to be when it comes to economic policy. And I just like I I'm, I I only say that because I want people to understand that that's where his heart is, and that's where just about everyone else in his situation that's where their heart is too. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's it, it is really touching uh, to hear that. And you mentioned that there were some obstacles in getting Anthony the money. What happened there? Yeah. Um. So he this again it shows like the systemic barriers to like escaping poverty right so he had no id um so and then he had to find his paperwork to to show who he was and he had to show proof of residency and all this kind of stuff just to get a bank or to get his id and then after he got his id he then had to open a new bank account and also address overdraft fees from so it's just like oh god if, damn if he was not about to receive i it just like even one of these things we think is like a huge inconvenience yeah. imagine multiple sequential issues for people like him when you have nothing to your name yeah and just like we the society is so broken that we just like punish and oppress poor people and just like pisses me off yeah no of course <laughs> and, and and even when somebody gets a second chance and this happens, I think it happens on all levels. It's happened to me when I've had a shittier job and then I've gone to a better or, or gotten a bonus or a raise and the tax bracket is now different. So the money that I was going to save, you know, actually doesn't, you know, come out to anything. But the system is literally designed to keep people who to keep people from getting to the next level. You could argue about um, unemployment being lower or, you know, more people being covered or whatever. But it, the reality is it doesn't matter. You can have three jobs and not being able to pay rent uh you can have you know you can basically um even have health insurance and be bankrupted by a single medical bill things that on the face were the measure of whether society was going well in this area no longer work that's why you can have trump up there screaming about you know well more people are employed now or like um, black people have a lower uh, unemployment rate than ever before he can say that because employment no longer means anything it's not it's not a source of stable uh living and most jobs pay like shit but I mean, today I got the news that Bernie, you know, fought for the Amazon thing, and now it's fifteen bucks. Uh, there, he's going to be paying fifteen bucks to his, you know, to his employees. Um, that big Jeff Bezos man. So you know, it's like I'm pissed off because you know Bernie did another misogynist, racist thing, and. Um, <laughs> 
yet again. Yet typical, again. Typical Bernie. What's your relationship like with Anthony? I mean, even as my life is now, if somebody came and offered me that amount of money and was like, hey, man, I raised this for you, like, I wouldn't know how to act. And I would feel like in debt to that person, or is there a catch? I mean, are they using me for something? Like, where do you go from here in terms of your guys' relationship? I don't know. That's a good question. So, right, like I said earlier, I'm, I've, I have not been answering the phone calls because he just like the guy is just like really nice. He's really appreciative. Yeah. Um, like he he means really well, and I think it just like again it shows like the compassion yeah. inherent in most people. Um, but I don't know how to handle the situation, so I've just been no, ignoring. I'd like, I'd like to hear about like well, what what's next, right? Because yeah. he's had a lot of people reach out um, with offers to help in other areas too, right? Um, and I I wanted to wait on those because he was like overwhelmed, right? So it was like of course. the 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 press blitz in the first week or two. I mean, it was getting to the point where like. Steve Harvey, like their show reached out, Ellen reached out, like all these people wanted to talk to him. Wow, that's nuts. And he was like, to go from like being homeless and not being able to have a reliable source of income to pay for your medications, mm -hmm. that instability, then immediately uh, you add national media scrutiny. It was just like, he was not handling it very well. He was very stressed. Um, oh, of course. Very paranoid. Very, very paranoid. Um, thought, like, he kept asking if GoFundMe was taking the money, um, if, like, what was going to happen. And then, as anyone who uh, encounters a new lump sum of money, people from his life in the past were coming out of, like, the woodwork to ask him. I'm for sure. Money. Of course, yeah. All, it's just, like, people's... But I think... Let me rephrase. I was going to jump and say greed, but I think it reflects, like, the, just the overall economic issues in America. Yeah. That, like... So many people are struggling that like everybody needs help and just like they doesn't, ma doesn't yeah. matter how they get it. They just really, really need help because it's just so unjust. Yeah. And like, Jake, I think you were saying earlier, uh, like you're pointing out like the overdraft fees and how fucked up it was. It's just like that's an industry that received billions of dollars in bailouts uh, and gave themselves bonuses and but still won't forgive this guy for like a $30 right. overdraft. Yeah. Fee. yeah, 60 bucks, 80 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Money that that is it's it's a fart in the wind to these people. And it's like. They're still like, well, no, because if we if we bend the rules for this man, you know, then well, then we're gonna have to. I mean, right. that's that's the problem. The, the the problem is is that we, especially that financial world, lives lives uh, by a rule set of no exceptions. And I think that um, I think even just adding that, um, being able to look at sort of the human element of it and be like. You know, have somebody in that fucking boardroom being like, well, look, guys, he's been fucking homeless for God knows how long. Can we waive the $80 overdraft fees or whatever? Yep. But the problem is, is nobody's getting hired like that because the moment somebody, at least in my experience, that somebody expresses humanity in a situation like that, um, you're thought of as weak or that you're you're going to be you're going to cost the company money as opposed to make it. And, and yeah. it's um, it's just the wrong way to. It's just the wrong angle to look at this kind of shit. Speaking of uh, yep. uh, of banks, and yes, it is our official stance that banks can get fucked. <laughs> Speaking of total assholes, what do you think about people using GoFundMe to raise money for the likes of Kavanaugh and James Comey? Oh. Hundreds of thousands of dollars for people who make huge salaries and have massive savings and live in multiple homes. I I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. And I, I yeah. it's not even a like I obviously we're all on the same page. We think it's fucked up. It's it's stupid. Why are why are poor people giving rich people money because they're mildly inconvenienced? 
when they're going to turn around. All Every single person that they do this for is going to have a book deal. They're going to have TV appearances. Mm-hmm. Like, they are set. They're fine. Yep. They're going to be on board. They they're always gonna were have fine, some yeah. Cush- exactly, yeah. They're going to have some cushy lobbying gig. And it just, I, it just boggles my mind. And this is not a night... Like, our frustration and our irritation with those situations, that's not even shared with, like, the center, left, and moderates. Maybe that's not surprising. But, like, I, I have this gag with... Um, my buddy Ken Klippenstein, every time we suspect someone in the Trump administration is going to get fired, we'll like do this rotating, like goofy looking text that says, if so-and-so gets fired, do not create a GoFundMe for them. So I recently did it for <laughs> Rod, Rod Rosenstein when everyone, like yeah. there was like big media stakeout, right? right? And a a, a, a a prolific centrist tweeter like snarkily replied like, oh, this is your biggest concern right now? Um, <laughs> wow. I quick I quickly pointed out that like I was also like the organizer of the March for Truth, like the creator of like a global march about like this mm. this whole issue, <laughs> and also have like a, a several hundred city uh, rapid response plan that I've been working on in that capacity and my move on capacity. So it's like, oh no, I actually have like a nationwide rapid response protest, but also please don't give this guy money. Does it hurt your feelings that he, you got muted by that guy? <laughs> uh, you know he's missing out on some some real good tweets so it's his loss he sure is yeah he's yeah he's missing out on some on some fucking on some good some old jokes. fashioned human compassion I, I, I fucking when i think about that amount of money that is raised in those things it really strikes me that uh because money is exchanged for pleasure whether it's you know comfort or at first it's exchanged for needs then it's exchanged for pleasure but the amount of pleasure that we take from just tribalist fuck you uh, actions like that, just just pure actions based in spite, where it's like, let's raise this much money to, to own the libs, you know? Fuck you. It's like, oh yeah, if we raise a half million dollars for some fucking FBI twat, that's going to show Trump. Like, do you think he gives a shit? It doesn't change right. Anything. Stop wasting your money. Stop spending money in spite. Just in general, that's a good yeah. rule. So you you spent a lot of time investigating and covering the far right and the alt right. So what particularly draws you to you know a certain amount of playful but also you know intense conflict with with these really um, out there uh, personalities? Well, I, I can't say I, I do it as much as like others, like like Jared Holt, I, yeah. I, someone I like. I, I actually just get a lot of information from him and kind of try to amplify it. Yeah, it's so funny to me what people like latch on to, um, and I think it can kind of cut both ways. Like it's like it's humorous, but it's also kind of like sad that like they are just so and what for however they ended up there, like whether it's like they're kind of just like there's something going on or they're just like. That's what they actually believe. Like, however they ended at that conclusion is just, like, really intriguing to me. Um, the funny thing, though, I, I think, well, maybe it's not funny, but, like, the one thing I always try to keep in, like, the front of my mind is, like, this is not reflective of most people. No, it isn't, yeah. Especially most people on the right. Like, I have, I would say I think I have, like, a certain level of animus to a lot of Republicans just because, like, the policies are, like, objectively destructive and harmful to, to like, oppressed people and marginalized groups. But, like, for instance, like, my, my, my family is on the right. And I they, they asked, like, I talked to my mom earlier today and she asked what I was doing tonight and I explained, like, I was going to come on and talk about this kind of stuff. She had no idea what QAnon was and I had to break the whole thing down yeah. to her and she thought it was so bizarre and she's like, so that's like a little bit of like a relief to me of as course, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like a little bit, I guess it's like, I find it like uh, entertaining the way um, 
like people find wrestling entertaining. Yes, like, that's what every, I, yeah. you know. It's just like absurd, but just like just like stupid. Uh, I wish Alex Jones was not as harmful uh, as he was because I think he could have had the same thing going for him if he didn't like actually inspire people to like go after Sandy Hook parents. You know, yeah. if he just had like just some goofy off the wall like conspiracy theories that would have been like a really funny yeah, yeah it's they haven't really found the that happy medium between entertainment and uh, inspiring people to go out and do crazy shit <laughs> there, you know there's right. it's it's like the you we don't have a fun a fun harmless alex jones I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would would argue that he's totally harmless, but like, it's it's almost in the nature of that right wing, that like super, you know, alt right, all that shit. It's almost the nature of it is is to motivate action. There's nothing mm -hmm. that's yeah. just kind of there for for funsies, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a recurring right. thing. Like the people who come on our show have been doxxed in some way yeah. by some <laughs> psychopath, you know. Um, so. What what is the weirdest thing that you've covered in your days as a journalist and writer <laughs> in college? It, this isn't like internet related. This is like in real life weird. Yeah, uh, there was a guy. I had a story, um, a series of stories because it was just like an ongoing thing. Got to the point where like police were putting up flyers around our campus. A guy just could not stop masturbating in public, like on campus. Yeah. He just like would, would just run up to, and he was a student. The the guy just like loved to to jack off. Um, was his name Julian? So I did this story. It was like, okay, we have a chronic masturbator on campus. And, Wait, you uh, had to cover it for your like the the paper, like the school paper. Yeah, that's amazing. I was like the I was the editor or one of the editors. I was like news editor at the time, and I was like, no, this is a serious story. I got this, guys. Yeah, and. Uh, Got did it and then like it kept continuing and then I got it like I we pulled the police reports every day and saw that they had arrested the guy. Um so I did this whole narrative about like the police chase and all that. So I think that is like okay, it's goofy, it's funny, but the weird the weird element came from the next semester. I go in first day of class, I go into this like seminar and they're doing roll call and he is in my class. <laughs> And <laughs> he sees me, I see him. He, I, I, I think when we get roll call, he finally realized what I actually looked like. Right. But like, I already knew from his mug shot. So I was kind of like waiting. And he never showed up after, after that day. You know, um, and they, the they say thing. they don't give second chances to young men. But yeah. I want to tell you that when you let some guy who's been jacking off all around co college. The balls <laughs> on this guy to come back to school. The balls Sh and the dick. Shit. I mean, fuck. Dude, if I peed my pants in, in college, in a college class, I'd never come back. Yeah, I mean, if, it was like. If. <clears throat> oh, that would have. Yeah, that would have been. Bad. That's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have a story in college of a, a, a masturbator. One night we were going to just, I think, pick up some some alcohol or something. It was nearly midnight. And we were walking down um, towards the 7-Eleven or something like that. Perfect uh, place to get alcohol. And there was just a guy <laughs> wearing nothing but army boots and a Santa Claus hat, just furiously masturbating against a pole. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> was he trying to get his like dick stuck to the pole, like um, know, like a Christmas story? <laughs> Christmas was, story. <laughs> he, had his, <laughs> he had his back like leaning against the thing, and he was just locked eyes with us. Um, oh, so tight. We, so you guys we were probably fucking bailed. You were, like, you were probably intimate. part of his nut. 
he probably yeah, later on something he you, or you probably ruined it it's 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 like when i'm jacking off and i'm looking at the at the porn on the phone and then my mom calls and her and the picture of her face goes on like right as i'm about to nut and i'm like oh no no, no get oh ruined oh ruined same for this dude he probably was like oh mom you know i'm gonna come on his pole <laughs> no i'm gonna come on his telephone pole and he was like oh college kids he was like a he was like a flag jacking off away from the pole you know uh, oh okay yeah he was like a flag at uh you know if someone dies and it's at the bottom of the map like, oh the, yeah. yeah okay cool um so uh so what do you think about the rise in popularity of the QAnon movement that's a good segue um uh, i i think that, <laughs> yeah, the, the intellectual equivalent of what we just described yes yeah um you know i, I guess at the end of the day it, like, it reflects like this like polarization mm -hmm. right and i think that we have and I guess to circle back to our, our social media conversation, it can be so destructive, it can be corrosive on society. And I think one thing, social media, and especially like cable news and like Fox News and all like that whole right wing media apparatus, what they've done is dehumanize their opponent to the point where we just like like levy baseless accusations against people and like entire groups of people with zero evidence. And it's just people wrong with it. And it is it is absolutely insane and it, like, it, it makes me very fearful for the next five to ten years let alone i don't even know if we'll be if we're gonna burn up or, or get blown up in the next like 20 years i'm a little bit more pessimistic on that one but it just like i'm very fearful for the future because it is just this is i guess it was like it was only a matter of time before something like this happened where people were cheering on this co this concept of the president locking up his political opponents right mm -hmm. that's that's horrifying yeah horrifying no it's true that, that that's new i mean there was no even during the worst of the bush campaigning there was no call to lock up uh carry you know what i mean now do you right. think if hillary clinton had won do you? And this is a question for you too, Julia. Uh, we'd all be having brunch. Do you think? Do you think that they would have gone after Donald Trump criminally because they levied all of this stuff about the collusion with Russia and all this shit even before you know before he had even won the presidency? I think, uh, do you think? I think that if Hillary Clinton had won, we would be in a reverse bizarro world where the Dems and, and the liberals are chanting, lock him up, lock him up. Because I feel they, kind of like they, we're there, all you know. But they did, but it doesn't happen. Like, no matter how vicious the left can be, and it can be stupid, and it can be very vicious, and I'm not talking, of course, of the left is, you know, every time I have to make this qualification. But anyways, I'm talking about, you know, kind of, your standard boilerplate, uh, face of the Democratic Party, you know, basically what I consider right of center. But um, they, they can be horrifying, but very rarely do they have true bloodlust. I think it's it's always, you know, like, even in their wildest fantasies, they tend not to fantasize about Donald Trump being murdered or hung, you know? Like, they will call right. him a traitor, but they, they don't want him murdered. Whereas mm. the right is really into power um, for its own you know, for its own purpose. So how, however you get there, it doesn't matter. And at this point, I think there's a certain amount of the country that feels like I've been so wronged. There's nothing except literally the murder of the people responsible for this that would set this right. And that sense of profound kind of injustice and even um, like aggrievement or, or having had um, a grave injury done to you is what underpins this movement. The problem is that it's possible to feel like a people have aggrieved you 
when they haven't. Yes. And that is the essence of anti-Semitism. It's the essence of racism. It's, it's this idea that uh, you feel like you've been fucked over or you're being unjustly uh, screwed over by a certain group of people. And it's, it's only dangerous because it's not rooted in fact. Because, you know, if you are, uh, you know, early uh, Warsaw uh, ghetto Jewish person and you're seeing your people rounded up and stuff... There is a group of people that is out to fuck you. But, uh, yeah. you know, when you think that uh, they're running a cabal of pedophiles out of Rhode Island and you need to immediately intervene to stop it because all of these Democrats are like feeding on their blood and we should hang these people because they're criminals and pedophiles. I'm going to say that that's not firmly rooted in reality. Do you know what I mean? I, I would agree <laughs> with you. Um as much as I love the QAnon shit, you guys know. Jordan, you know, I, I love it. I, I actually, I do believe some aspects of it, like the... Spygate. Spygate like, has I believe some like interesting... the Spygate aspect, which is what got me into it. But then over the course of this podcast and like unearthing more, I'm just, I'm now down in the deep barrels of vote, like realizing that like everybody hates Jews and I feel yeah. unwelcome vote. there and I don't really know what to do. And like... Vote has tough. gone full anti-Semitic. Yeah. Like... Vote is full... Yeah, and that's, that's a Q research uh, I board. feel bad. I feel bad because I want to be in there lurking about, like, Q theories. Like, I'm so fascinated by the game theory behind it and, like, the genius that they sort of, like, attribute to Trump. Like, I so, in some weird fucked up way, like, I so want it to be true just because it's, like, the ultimate, like, reality mind fuck. But, but then I'm like, oh, man, but, like, all these guys hate me. You know, they they, they, of they want they want room. what <laughs> happened to your ancestors to have been finished. Yeah. So I mean that's a it really gets it really fucking you know, harsh harsh is my mellow. Yeah, because as, they're all like the way they talk on vote is like, oh yeah, you know, you just got here, cool, we'll give you like this and this, and then later we'll red pill you properly. Yeah. Like it is like there is a sense of inoculation. Yeah, I read this one post where um this guy was like because you do have people in there being like wait a minute, guys, like, I don't hate Jewish people. Like, I thought we were all here together. And um, the guys under it will reply. I saw this one guy replied. He was like, Q knew exactly what he was doing, like, when he sent you here. Like, he knows what we talk about on here. Like, they, they're they they're not, yeah. you know, they're not idiots. Like, they know what we discuss here, and there's a reason that they sent you. Like, we'll we'll get into it later. There's a way that, that people create cognitive dissonance where it's like, oh, no, I don't hate the Jews. What I hate is... The These evil people, Jews, blah blah blah, <laughs> that are you know masquerading or whatever as Jews. The rise of Q and like other types of things reflects the growing need for robust mental health care in America. Yeah, uh, and and like a destigmatized mental health care too, um, because it's just like a lot of these people uh, are, are are malleable. Um, yeah, maybe, like I mean, it's just like, actually it's like multifaceted. I think an educational component would probably yes uh, could could keep them away from it. Um, and also just like a feeling of like being like alone or despondent or, or disconnected, disassociative, whatever. This gives them something bigger. And I think so many of us, like what well, if we're in DSA, uh, if we're yeah, we in need any it. sort of like or protest or organization or, or it's any organized effort, just like it makes you feel good. That collective effervescence makes you feel connected. It makes you feel uh, like you have worth. And I think for these people, they're maybe online all the time. Maybe they're out of work. Um, they're poorly educated, they're downtrodden, whatever, and they end up here. And, yeah. and, and in this case, it's destructive. Um, and I would even add add to that that there's another more sinister component, which is essentially, you know, 
They've been told by the media and everybody else that, hey, there are two narratives of what's going on right now. And I think that a lot of these people, for the reasons that you that you just were talking about, Jordan, um, they go, you know what? I don't fucking care what the truth is. I really don't. I'm going to follow the story that I think is more interesting or that or that somehow validates my view of the world. And because because the thing is, is like you can't look at a lot of this stuff. Some of it makes sense, but you can't look at a lot of this stuff and go, you know what? Pinnacle of truth. Absolutely. One hundred percent. This is what the case is. No, because, it, you know, you can talk about education, but I think uh American education has been compromised for a long time, and the kind of story about the American dream and capitalism and liberalism as a as a kind of foundational uh, structure has been bullshit for a while. And so it's like over generations now, the level of disillusionment with you know having maybe believed for a certain period of time that there was change coming, you know, because people were running on change. You know, yeah. Obama ran on change, and so. Everybody wanted the best uh, for that. Of course, uh, you know, there's always going to be the partisan side of the country that doesn't care what he does or doesn't do. But I think anybody who voted for Obama, if they had to make like a bucket list of what they wanted him to do, like most of the things are not accomplished. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it's that promise of liberalism failing at the same time as the schools getting gutted at the same time as mental health never being addressed and not even being treated yeah. as a disease. Even if it were treated as a disease, the fucking system's so mm -hmm. fucked up anyways. But, yeah, you know, right. Right. It's the perfect intersect. It's yeah. all of these issues coming together. It's it's the media telling them that the other side is their enemy and not just their enemy. These people are evil. You have Ginny and Pirro this week saying they're 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 demons. Literally demon rats. Demonize, demon rat. They're literally demonizing their opponents now. Yeah. So at that point when they're so dehumanized to the point where they're not even human. What does it mean? Like it's it's an afterthought that they would be hung, uh, thrown in jail or killed or yeah. Mhm. Mm well, that this is where we're at. This is this system yeah. is so broken, and it's it's the it's the culmination of a, I, I well maybe just the tip of the iceberg uh, of a a twenty to thirty year plan by these maniacal fucks uh, on the right who have masterminded this entire thing through through um, gerrymandering and campaign mm -hmm. contributions and Voter lobbying. Laws. Yeah, voter suppression law, all of these things together now, weakening, tethering, uh, uh, public school funding to property values after years of redlining, yeah. all of this stuff has now culminated, and here we are. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, because it's, 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 it's really drawing the most marginalized and the most like economically disadvantaged and least educated, and watch as it starts to grow. Yeah, this is horrifying to think about. No, and it's it's you know the talking also about um the way that law enforcement uh, has just been encouraged to continue hiring and protecting the most violent uh, elements among them. The feeling is that we're not going towards reform in that area. We had uh, even under Obama the issue of militarized police uh, getting worse. Um, we had you know the kind of removal of a human element in foreign aggression with the drone bombing and stuff like that. It seems like we are at a point where um, horror and the infliction of pain or having pain inflicted on you is the way that we interact, you know, whether it's with foreign countries, whether it's with each other. More and more, it's humiliation and humiliated. And I, I'm wondering, can we snap out of that? Or is that just the story of the Western world? Is that the story of the, you know, Western Europe and, and colonialism and then its, its first proper mutant child, America? Um, 
are we seeing the end of a, a, of a system that only ever really worked when we had the world under our thumb? A lot of people who are staunch supporters of Trump, I think their their solution to that is is going back to some like weird version of like the 50s or like of course it's kind of this like oh no 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 like it's gotten so it's just gotten so out of control because of all of the progressive like because of this progressive movement if we can just get back to like 1954 you know like yeah and where you know we don't talk about marginalized groups. We don't really talk about racism. It's kind of just understood that certain stereotypes, that's how shit is. I do think that they probably believe that you could just kind of like turn back the clock and reset like some of these things and I everything mean, else will sort of like fall into place underneath it. Yes, because if if your life fucking sucks and it hasn't changed in decades because the wage is not growing in this country, even though the profit margins are and capitalism itself is growing and the stock market is growing, but right. it's not being shared by all people. So to those people, it's like, well, the only thing I had going for me was like, there was this other race of people that I got to boss around. Uh, my wife uh, cooked for me. Uh, rape was fine. Uh, you know, it's just like all this shit where th- those are almost... Uh, those are the privileges. Those are the privileges that you would have even if you were a fucking working class white dude that was, you know, really being shat on by capitalism. Right. And now it's just worse than it was before. And they no longer are allowed to do all these things that sucked horribly. But the social project changes, but the financial project doesn't fucking budge. So no one's no one's no. like experiencing a, a better living. They just are feeling like I'm getting my privileges taken yeah, away. Yeah, the, the financial the financial runover isn't going into any of the social shit. That I mean, that's the thing. It is, it, and the social programs are are broken as is because they were probably built with the, you know trying to keep in mind like yeah we'll we'll do, we'll do enough but like we still we still get the money right. That's like, a, that's <laughs> that's the thing. It's just, it's uh, it's like that Q thing of trust the plan, but it's like trust the plan just for a few more years until we can fucking kill you and turn you into ground beef. <laughs> I will gladly, I will gladly be the first, um, the first person murdered in Q's name. These are the same people though, that, 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 that same trust the plan. It's the same type of, of reasoning and justification for continuing to vote Republican yeah. uh, after decades of failed trickle down economics. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just give it time. Give it time. It'll Just work. A It'll bit work. More time. And there yeah. was, it was, it's always this idea that the, there was too much interference. Like if it's the same thing with Trump, like Trump's in, in fucking office now, it's been a year and a half. If he was going to make any big, like sweeping changes for the working class, he could have done it already. Right. But you have to trust the plan. Don't worry. Like he's got you, you know, like just it's obstructionist Democrats from mm-hmm. economic now to, to social and civil. The deep state is holding him in place. This idea that this man would be your champion if he was if just only. loose. And I had the same fucking system to cope with Obama not doing the shit I wanted him to do. By year four, I was like, well, you know, once he's got the fucking, well, once he's got the brakes off, you know, in, in his second term. Second term. When he won't have to run for anything. And it's just, it just never came. Um, so, uh, Jordan, uh, you know, we didn't invite you on here for nothing. Uh, who do you think Q is? B- uh, Baron. Uh, he's He talks about, like, isn't, like, he, he, he veers from... Updates to being mad about Xbox Live being out. Yeah. Um, if mm-hmm. I if I understand this correct, I'm not like I'm certainly no. Not this is correct. But he does that, right? Yes, he talks about Xbox a lot. So, well, okay. If so I can actually, if I could clarify, um, the Xbox post was actually wait. This is a real thing. I thought he, we were just this, making fun. No, of No, this is a real thing. The Xbox uh, apparently 
apparently, according to Q, Xbox Live was used to plan, um, you know, the deep state's more nefarious activities because it was yeah. it was protected. The chat inside your Xbox headset or your PlayStation Four is actually not being picked up by NSA monitoring. So, so Q had posted something <laughs> mm. revealing that, yeah. and then the next day Xbox Live went down, and Q and Q posted. Um, you know, like basically, like, see, like, are they it, trying it, to it hide tur- something? It turns out the deep state's entire yeah. plan was just B twelve and say the n word over and over. Yeah, and uh, success. Okay, but so, anyways, yeah, sorry. See, so you see my predicament, dude. I like kind of oh, find yeah. like the the spy shit about it interesting, <laughs> but agree with none of the political like shit behind it. It's really, I, it's fucked. It's a, no, yeah. it's a sad I'm, place. I'm with I, you there. Yeah, it's a sad place, and and. Man, you should hear the fights I have with my girlfriend about it. It's un- <laughs> it's unreal because I have to be like I'm interested in this, but like I I'm not like a, a horrible person. Like I have to. It's so, and I think a lot of I think a lot of couples probably go through that to some extent. You guys, I just imagined the amount of terrorist cells that started being like, let's fucking do this shit. We're going to commit a huge fucking bombing or something. And then two weeks later, they're just playing fucking Fortnite. There may be even like half of them are pro. Like <laughs> That's tight. That'd be a great, be a great movie, actually. Oh, what were we supposed to do again? I can't, I can't. Uh, I mean, Three Lions. They're like, one more loot box, one more loot box. I don't know if you've seen Three Lions, like a British like farce about ter- like really bad terrorists. It's, yes, it's, yes, I've heard of it. Good. I think it's called Three Lines, something like that. What's next for you, Jordan? Like, what is there anything you'd like to plug? I mean, this podcast is good. I'm a big fan of Jared Holt's podcast as well, Shit Post. Yes. Yep. Um, if you're into this kind of stuff, Jared's would be more your speed. Um, mine is like more politics and, and like commentary from kind of like a Rust Belt perspective. Um, so, not, not universally appealing, but just kind of like what I think about a lot, especially in like the aftermath of 2016 and uh, a certain political party completely ignoring uh, and, and failing miserably in a, in a region where Dems stand to just like dominate. So, yeah. yeah. And I think those people probably don't have a ton of people talking about what their plight is and what they're interested in. So I could see why right. that's like a really, a really interesting like specification to sort of focus on. So I, I think that our listeners are smart enough to, 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 to handle that. I mean, I've had a lot of pea brain people write in. Um, just kidding. You should write in if, if, you, if you want to, uh, but, but no, no, I think they can definitely handle it. What's the name of the podcast again? Uh, Rust belt to beltway. And you can find that on iTunes and, and all the other platforms. Yeah. Um, yep. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Dude, this has been a very interesting conversation. There there have been a couple moments where I forgot that we were on a podcast and I just felt like it was like three buds, like kind of like just shooting the shit about all this stuff going on. <laughs> that those, those are the best kind of episodes, I think. It just Agreed. It flows naturally. Agreed. Good. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Of course. And you can follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan UHL. That's Yule. We are supported entirely by our fans. Go to patreon.com slash Q. QAnon Anonymous and contribute five bucks a month to get access to premium episodes. If you can't afford that, just tell all your friends about us and go rate us on iTunes, where we are currently waiting for the mustard gas to clear so our troops can safely advance. Our central social media platform is Jack Dorsey's Twitter. You can follow us at QAnon Anonymous. And until next time, this is Julian and Jake signing off from the home of the deep dish. It's not a conspiracy.